0: Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that, that. Is the nature of the hard left? And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any you dissent. The hard left What's it? Well, we know who the
1: hard left are. Who
0: associate with the hard left? You just said that yeah, we were right breeze. to right-wing hard left agenda printing money nationalization without compensation hard left went in position hard left the hard left hard left the 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 hard left
1: the hard left the hard left the hard left the
0: hard left
2: the hard left 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 I think if you showed it cast to a proper fucking lad, they would beat you up.
3: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
0: it's too laddish without having any appeal to anyone laddish. Yeah. <laughs> We've achieved the impossible.
2: I don't think it's laddish so much as like pure <laughs> you know, I think it's like it, it, yeah, in the same yeah. way, you know, like one of me and FFF's favorite movies, Magruber. Which we're doing a, we've done a commentary for the show on. That's kind of where we're coming from. But, but yeah, I think it's too, it's too avant-garde to fully fit <laughs> laddishness. <laughs> Let me just message the fuck man. He sent something which I guess is a wrestling thing. It's like some guy who looks like Frankenstein. Say, like no, no, it does. It, it. I don't think it's wrestling. It must be. No, it does say WWF actually. Um. It's like this black and white thing of this guy and he's saying, I'm going to inject the lethal
0: dose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Have
0: you just convinced Vince McMahon with Frankenstein? <laughs> That's incredible. He does
3: look a bit like Frankenstein, though. He has got him there.
0: Like... If if he had a slightly taller head, then it would be, you know, he's got the, the square head, but not... Yeah, he,
3: not the, the shape the is correct, it. but not quite the... <laughs>
0: Yeah, he looks like a squashed Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see it. If he didn't sort of swing his arms when he swaggered up the ring, it would be quite a Frankenstein walk as well.
2: Mm. He does look like Frankenstein in that pic. <laughs> anyway, FFF's just being insulting now. He's just saying, oh, she loves my bits, but she really hated you. I'm like, m- <laughs> me, yeah, my I'm yeah. m- 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 playing myself on <laughs> Gapecast, obviously. You
0: specifically. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that's quite funny. I said, "Do you mean the Gapes character?" And he said, "Is there a difference?" Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Is there at this point?
0: Like... I'm just
2: going to ignore that cunt now.
0: Anyway, uh... Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster. It's uh, the rela- same relation between you and Gapes. Yeah,
2: I'm sure if I don't reply for a bit, he'll start to panic and just be
0: like, "Oh no, have
2: I upset him?" I'll just, uh, what if I? what if i've gone too far now um uh, so i'll just leave him hanging there so i believe we're we're doing an episode today on the theme of stronger together
3: yes <laughs> oh my god just what a gift what a gift that was so the last time
2: that garin and i convened for the show it was to talk about the kiestarma Piers Morgan relaunch maybe people say oh this is all part of the same relaunch I guess that was like the Keir Starmer personality relaunch like trying to (laughs) make out as if he has one whereas like this is the Labour Party relaunch you know this is trying to get Labour back on its feet with um you know the
3: credibility
0: I mean, they both seem to be driven by the leader's office, so I would I would class them as separate consecutive rebrands.
3: I I think I have it as four rebrands, and I counted them as different rebrands when I um <laughs> when I was counting them. So definitely different. Like they're all generic enough they can kind of turn around and say oh, it's just one.
2: If uh, I I said that if I didn't reply to FFF, he'd come crawling back. Indeed, <laughs> it says typing. I actually stop now. Yeah.
3: He's in the cool
2: somehow. He knows. <laughs> yeah, he have got it. Got <laughs> so there's been these, like, periodic relaunches of the Starmer leadership, and the latest one is... <laughs> the reason that we're saying stonger rather than stronger is because if you look at the URL on The Guardian's exclusive scoop by Heather Stewart, on this Labour relaunch as outlined by a former Shadow Chancellor whatever she is now, Annalise Dodds you will see that it says www.theguardian.com slash politics slash 2021 slash June slash 16 slash here hyphen Starmer hyphen picks hyphen Stonger hyphen Together hyphen Slogan used by Hillary Clinton to rebrand, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, the key points there are, number one, motherfuckers wrote Stonger. Indeed, there was much hilarity about that on Twitter. That was, like, the original headline, wasn't it? But they they yep. changed it, but not until people had screenshotted it and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, there's, um, yeah. Uh Sorry. FFF really set me off balance but I'm just like... <laughs> uh, uh... Yeah, uh... Yeah, uh... And the other key point is obviously used by Hillary Clinton. So there's a really funny paragraph about this slogan, which is... As well as being widely used by Clinton in 2016, the Stronger Together strap line, spelt it wrong there, is reminiscent of both the Better Together slogan used by the No campaign in the 2014 Scottish referendum and Stronger In, the name of the failed anti-Brexit campaign two years later. <laughs> 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 it's just like a little potted history of the etymology of this phrase, and it's just like, yeah, uh, so as well as being used by this fucking loser, it was used by these people who sort of won, but... Uh, a massive cost to uh, people like Keir Starmer
3: and uh, also uh, these fucking losers, <laughs> you know? To be fair, I thought it straight up was the no campaign slogan in the Scottish Republic. That was immediately what I thought of when I saw Stonga together. I was like, oh, they haven't just recycled it directly from there, <laughs> which... Um... Famously did, it was great for the Labour Party, what they did in the uh, Scottish referendum. Didn't bite them at all. And so, you know, fine, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I guess because they did beat the, uh, well, the campaign for independence in that. A lot of centrists still hold that up as kind of like... Well, you know, our lives all kind of worked out anyway, even after w- we and our mates all lost all our seats in Scotland. So as long as we preserve our precious union,
3: then, you know, I think we could probably call that a success. That, was that the last centrist victory, like, at the ballot box? I mean, not like a Labour Party ballot box, yeah, an actual yeah, ballot yeah. box. Probably, yeah. It was like their last actual win, and then it ended up costing them so much later.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. So this, like, Guardian article kind of, like, puts it in... A, it frames it in a very funny way. I mean, I, I I was told by senior Labour sources that Annalise Dodds, of all people, was uh, genuinely soft left. And I guess that just means, like, genuinely a complete melt. Uh, maybe I took it the wrong way. I focused on the left part rather than the soft part. Uh, because uh, she's the one whose name is appearing uh, directly under Hillary Clinton's here, you know, throwing herself in with the most, like, unappealing, moribund, discredited centrist politics.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the mistake, though. If they're soft left, you can just ignore the left bit when you look at them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The one overrides the other in practice. <laughs>
2: Oh, I feel like we had such a chaotic time getting this episode together that we might as well just kind of like uh, rewind a little bit and introduce Sinan, because we, we, <laughs> we hadn't really...
3: After, after I've got a few shots in and be like, by the way...
2: <laughs> we are joined today on the show by our good friend Sinan Koz, who has appeared on the RP podcast feed many times through our archiving of our work with him on his popular and acclaimed twitch stream however he has never appeared on a proper episode before with the exception of his i believe 15 second appearance on our 200th episode spectacular so it's about time we're big fans of what sinan does and
3: he is a valued friend so sinan thank you for coming on the show man No problem, my pleasure. Um, I think my 15 seconds in the 200th episode was when I was very drunk and came back from the pub and was like, you know what? Let's record this now and be as obnoxious as possible. Yeah, well, there's a reason that I haven't brought Farage's
2: face on, at least yet, because he has uh, just come down from the pub, come back from the pub, rather. Uh, And I want us to talk about some political stuff first.
3: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, otherwise the recording will be unsavageable and unpublishable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've done chaos streams with you before. And, oh, those uh, are so good. We'll, we'll, there'll be a lot more chaos on the streams soon, so... <laughs> yeah, and the chaos tends to happen
2: when you add in the, the lethal dose of Farage's fucked face. But um, there's a semi-left-wing framing to Labour's new stronger-together overhaul roadmap i'm not <laughs> i'm not entirely sure okay so stronger together is the name of the policy review let's just have a look at annalise dodds's twitter because her, her twitter bio is uh like i was just really hoping that i'd spell her name correctly and be able to get to her twitter before i finished my sentence but i uh instead i've just got loads <laughs> of tweets by left wingers misspelling her name <laughs> and we've not
0: <laughs> in a way that's more revealing about Annalise Dodds than than whatever you are aiming for <laughs> I don't
2: even think it's just left wingers, like the new statesman <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, and her actual Twitter is nowhere to be seen because, like I say, I, d- I don't think that's her name. Fuck, <laughs> uh, okay, but, okay um, Dodds. Okay, here we go. Just searching Dodds gets the goods. Yeah, that usually
3: does it. Yeah.
0: The, only, the only way that would have been funnier is if you'd searched for a name spelled correctly and it came up with lots of Rachel Reeves results first.
2: <laughs> well, I, I want to return to Rachel Reeves in a minute, but Annalise Dodds, chair of UK Labour Party and Stronger Together. Like, I read that in her bio before I saw the fucking article and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, shadow minister for Stronger Together. Like, chair of UK Labour Party. Party. like, yeah, okay, that's a job. I, remem- I remember when Ian Lavery does it. Chair of Stronger Together. Okay, we can all invent some, like, vacuous centrist aphorism and declare ourselves the boss of it.
0: A Twitter bio also has Curry fan in it. That's a, a nod to the, the Duga <laughs> faction. I, uh... Uh, they're still alive <laughs> in the PLP.
2: I am the minister of Britain in the world. And that nobody can (laughs) say otherwise. Well, the reason, actually, that I was uh, looking at Annalise Dodd's bio on Twitter was because she sort of fired the starting pistol on the stronger together strategy with a set of bullet points. Well, a a numbered list, very reminiscent of, say, what Labour might put on a big stone. Uh, Mm. Number one better jobs and work everyone's
3: gonna be a podcaster that's that's what that means right <laughs> better
2: jobs work labor consults dictionary for further synonyms number two a green and digital future green but also digital tech uh.
0: but not too much
2: tech <laughs> young people but not too many young people. Just the young Fabians with their boat trip to Little Saint. Ja- no, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: safe, secure
2: communities is number three again. This classic stuff like more bobbies on the beat, laws. Again, we're against fly tipping. Bluff <laughs> <for> the Kim-led better
3: <laughs> priorities and um, public services that work. Damn, they solved the problem. Everyone, they're going to press the make public services work button. Yeah, I believe
2: in oh, his yes. parody of this tweet. Simon Head just did PFI services that work uh, because, yeah, again, that's not public <laughs> services run in the public interest. Or I mean, not sure you could fit that in a tweet, but or on a stone. But number, no, no, you probably could. I mean, it, obviously, it's outlined in the Guardian piece that Annalise Dodds uh, is saying that Labour's strategy will focus on the solidarity shown during covid and i guess that her use of solidarity can be seen as a kind of sop to the left but if you look at all this stuff it's just reheated big society like a future where families come first number five like you know what 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 on this would david cameron disagree with and, and of course the, the, the classic one
3: number six britain in the world Yes, what if Britain was in the world? In the world, doing imagine. what in the world? <laughs> Keep like, Britain away from the world, is my view on this. Yeah, let's definitely not be in the world. <laughs> we make things a lot worse every time we get yeah. involved. So let's just not do it.
2: Um, <laughs> and she concludes, let's build a future to
3: be proud of. I, <laughs> it just has no content. Like... It just fully has no content. If someone came on my stream and said that to me, I'd probably kick him off the stream.
2: Don't like... they don't they just find this like this sort of rhetoric, this like craven, meaningless like soundbite shit? Don't they just find it kind of vulgar? Like, that, that, that's kind of, like, what struck me about the, the centrist strategy, especially with Starmerism over the last year, is just they, they have really fucking bad taste. Like, they, they, they don't realise when something's really corny. Like, you know, this stuff is, like... I've made the point before. These people, like, religiously watch the thick of it. but yeah, But then they still come out with stuff that Nicola Murray would say uh in a scene where she's um an object of comic humiliation why would you want to put yourself through that why would you not dodge the bullet i i i get i get it like politics is not like indie music it's not it's hard to like phrase things in a way that's like act that's like cool but for some reason, Jeremy Corbyn managed to put things in a way that didn't make you want to, like, bite your own head off. Like, it, it sounded, like, natural and, like, what he actually believed. Instead of this stuff, it's, like, genuinely do they not realize how mockable this stuff is.
3: I, w- I was going to say, this is, like, structured like a shitpost about what we would pretend Annelies Dodds would tweet. This is what this is structured like. No, you're totally right.
2: Obviously, yeah, it was so easily par- parodiable that, like, Simon Hedges did a big one and, and, and so
3: on. Has someone put these onto the Edstone yet? Is that, has that happened yet? Has someone done that <laughs> edit yet? Because I'm sure someone has, you know. I'm sure. Everyone works quick whenever anything happens, but I haven't seen it. So if, if someone has seen that, Please DM it to
0: me. <laughs> when you get a relaunch like that, you expect one or two of the points from Labour to be just completely and possibly vacuous. But this is, it's, it's all six, isn't it? It's it's a full, yeah, the full set. Uh, it, you know, so, some of them are so, you know, the one about like public services that work, it's, it's the closest anyone's come to, like,
3: I would simply as actual policy <laughs> yeah look i do that as a joke right that is not like a serious thing that anyone should be imitating when for- doing like rhetoric for politics unless it's to wind people up so you know i'm like i you know i did the posture because you know the euro euros are going on so i was like um you know i would simply have scored a goal yeah, like I still shouldn't be Turkey manager, but you know, I mean arguably. Arguably, you know, there's a case, but <laughs> I think like, you
2: do a better job than than like the the head of state of Turkey.
3: Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to get into how he interferes in the national football team. It's just not it's not worth getting disappeared over. Um, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> he'll go the way of Mr. Richard Miller
3: that's right and we don't we don't want that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah turns out that that,
2: that, that rumour that I heard about him taking over as Keir Starmer's comms director was uh, <laughs> was, was was actually uh, false new- <laughs> news uh, yeah I believe it was uh, spread by some enemies uh, of the, the, the Miller team I believe the, the very same establishment panto critics who had
3: uh so uh, decried Gapes' portrayal of the ugly sisters. Yeah, so that, that happened during my stream, actually, was um, Keith's um, comms director resigning, or at least that broke during the stream. Mm. And I was like, well, that's it. That's a sign that things may not be going particularly well in Battley and Spen. Ben Nunn, um, yeah. I'm wondering what's going to happen now, but it doesn't look great. Yeah,
2: you, we have the news tonight that Ben Nunn Starmer's Seamus. In fact, you heard a lot. His his very own Mini Milne had, uh, is already out. How long did Seamus Milne stay? Did he come in late 20... 20- yeah, he did come in late 2016 because I remember all the MPs were so pissed off about it. Stayed a good four years and this guy can't hack it. You know, he's much vaunted centrist professionals. No, sorry, t- late 2015. Seamus yeah, Milne, I was going to say... I I'm getting my was... chronology mixed up. No, he was, yeah. he was not there for the corbyn campaign although he supported it but he was he joined uh, shortly after he became leader but um yeah ben nunn uh has quit was there a reason given was it to spend more time with his family
3: <laughs> i i didn't find oh i didn't find a reason because i only i could only look at it quickly because people are not going to sit there well, I just scroll through Twitter, so I couldn't really—I uh, couldn't find a reason. So, if there is one, now's the time to find out, I guess. I don't think
2: that uh, he has said anything, and you know, I'm sure if he has, it will be with some stuff about how oh, I still support Keir Starmer or whatever personal stuff. Because it was followed shortly by the resignation of Paul Ovenden. Does anyone? know what his job was with the leadership?
3: Uh, no. I'm gonna be honest, no. The name rings a bell,
0: but it's probably through him being a dickhead on Twitter or something. Like, yeah, don't well, think he's, uh...
2: <laughs> at least if you misspell his name on Twitter, it suggests the actual spelling of the name, <laughs> unlike Annalise. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was the Deputy Communications Director, stepping down. Mm. Uh, which Gabriel Pogren and Pippa Svarar both emphasized is unrelated to political events we'll get to what those political events have been in a second but it's fair to say then that this is a pretty big shake-up to Keir Starmer's comms team two of his top people a shadow cabinet source says it's hard to overstate how much of a loss this is to the party it is a testament to the extraordinary and selfish person he is that he's doing this for his family and putting them first David Lammy steps in and says he has been a very effective steely calm and persuasive operator in that role family must always comes first but he will be missed for sure I feel like Lammy is so like bought into the Starmer project at the moment like
3: you know he always does those tweets like love you boss didn't he get roped in by the Starmer quits hashtag like when we were all just Making mischief and just coming up with reasons why he was quitting, even though he very much wasn't at the time, at least uh, we will we'll see.
2: Oh yeah, uh may- maybe. But I think that privately, Lammy is probably pondering life after Starmer because he's got his new LBC show. You know, we're going to see a lot of these uh, Labour MPs as celebrities between Jess Phillips with her, with her successful career as an illiterate author and. Uh, then <laughs> you've got uh well keir starmer's got his own lbc show but that i believe that's ostensibly to promote his leadership and then you've got ed band with his general like you know i'm a big ideas guy celebrity because he's obviously completely like muzzled by <laughs> what he can actually do in his cabinet brief but i i feel like if he does it in a book or a podcast it's considered like more acceptable um yeah Lammy, I think, has also like built up a sizable media profile over the last few years, and uh, I think, yeah, maybe is looking for ways to maintain his profile after, say, another leader maybe does a little reshuffle.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I found the reason why Ben Nunn um, has quit. The official reason. He's said to be quitting to pursue other projects. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, right, I okay. Mean, I mean... managing the lisa nandy campaign i mean that's one of the two names that's been floated so um...
2: nobody on the left should be fucking backing angela rayner for what what it's worth only today she was just brazenly lying and distancing herself from corbin someone who'd been so kind and decent to her and to on a personal level and to whom she owes a career i think fairly unequivocally Um, She was just an unheard-of new MP before she got promoted by him.
0: Yeah, certainly it was her current profile to him.
2: And today, she she was brazenly lying. I should clarify that this quote was not attributed to Angela Rayner, but to her spokesperson. But, I mean, that's presumably somebody who you would talk to about such a matter? And saying, when I was photographed with Corbyn, uh, doing a photo op for Barry Gardner's fire and rehire campaign uh, against Fatis. Uh, we, we, yeah, don't worry. For Labour leadership haven't gone quite that far yet. But uh, yeah, she was like, corbin photo bombed the me without my knowledge and you see a picture of him and he like hands have a mic and they like exchange a few words and stuff uh, <laughs>
3: just i don't know how to explain how not a photo bomb this picture was like i genuinely do not have the words to explain like how much this was just two people standing next to each other for a normal photograph and that's not a big fucking deal just say like we're both against fire and rehire, and so we were at an event. That's it. What can you do? You know you can cravenly lie in a
2: way that is obvious to literally anyone <laughs> and will we'll, uh, we'll, will damage your stock with some for people you probably would want to win over for your eventual leadership run like you didn't see like the people you didn't see Starmer or Rayer doing that uh when they had to appeal to the Labour membership, you know?
0: What triggered it in the first place was just a couple of dickheads going like, why is Angela Rayner in a photo with a known anti-Semite who's been expelled from the Labour Party wow, or something yeah. like that? I mean, like, these people, right, they may be vicious and stupid, but they're not going to buy your bullshitty photo-bomb me thing. <laughs> You're going to alienate a large amount of the left doing it. So in trying to sort of be clever, clever and win over everyone, you're actually getting to that stammerism level where you're going to end up with no base at all, you know, outside of like Saint Anger on, on
3: Twitter. Yeah, like Saint Anger. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're relating this to stuff I understand now. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I, that was for you, <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Um And for the way too many people who watch that stream where we just uh, listen to Saint Anger, and I, I basically, like, my brain melted, because it was during the heatwave last year. So. so,
2: the context of all this stuff around Starmer's leadership and the latest relaunch, I guess, is that, uh, actually, let, let me get the chronology right, was, uh, has, uh, did Stonger Together come out after the by-election results? Before,
3: before. before the by-election.
2: Okay, so yeah, this has obviously been in the works essentially since the disastrous local election results when he panicked, tried to fire a bunch of people, a bunch of people were just like, no, (laughs) I am staying in position, actually I want a promotion, well if I can't have a promotion, please give me just like 15 jobs angela rayner um <laughs> uh, and 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 so he kind of then had to cut that short and uh, not rejig his top team too much he removed uh annalise dodds as shadow chancellor replaced her with rachel reeves who a comrade was saying earlier we have heard fuck all from since she became Shadow Chancellor. Like, I have to say, it's just it's just such a shame to see all this wasted talent languishing on the front bench.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was super weird because there was a poll recently where, you know, they do, like, uh, who do you think would be a better Chancellor, whatever polls, you know. They did the who do you think would be a better Chancellor poll for Rachel Reeves, and she improved on Annalise Dodds, to be fair, yeah, but yeah, by course. 1%. And she's, and she's tied with Rishi Sunak among 2019 Labour voters. Like, <sighs> that is. And that's not like. That's a group that's predisposed to liking you, and yeah. you're tied with the fucking Tory Chancellor.
2: God, they have pissed away so much goodwill. In fact, I, I want to uh, just like cite something that uh, a friend of at least me and Garint, uh, Ben um, at Digital Ben, a uh, good good fella. Seriously, he is involved in organized crime. Not just kidding. <laughs> He's a pizza empresario, like Andrew Twenty Man. No, uh, I. He posted something uh, in a group DM that does not officially exist earlier, which I thought was like so spot on about all the goodwill that Starmer and that have pissed away. Spicy take, he says. For taking over a devastated party position is total shit. Kia had the best starting position of any Labour leader in living memory. Wide if guarded support among the membership. Party in good financial health. Flexible mandate to change slash preserve pretty much as much as he liked. And the press sucking his dick. And incredibly he's managed to squander it all. And... Yeah, I mean, I agree with that so much. Like, people always say, oh, he inherited the party in, like, such hard conditions. The guy who inherited the party in hard conditions was a guy who took it over uh, shortly after an election result when uh, an interim leadership had just come in and just decided to fuck the party up even more and <laughs> alienate it from its own base who didn't command the support of... of uh, the vast majority of his mps apart from about 15 of them and com- didn't command the support of anyone in the press apart from like seamus milne who then went to work for him like that's a leader who inherits a party also a party uh, at that time in financial strife uh, a- against incredible odds not not sakia who has just had everything handed to him you know uh and and then of course you know running up against cold hard electoral reality it's not looking so good for him so there was a by election last night in Chesham and Amersham um, well the result came out last night this uh you know i've got some family there actually who are uh, uh, more middle class than my family even uh that's a, wow. i don't know <laughs> yeah r- richer I, I, I should say because middle class people use it in so so many different like ways yes. <laughs> significantly wealthier uh,
0: middle class is quite broad yeah. you can be really very posh in middle class or you can be fairly normal
3: Yeah, I, I'm from not very far from Amersham so I, I have an idea of the vibe we're going for here in this kind of seat so um, yeah. this is not a labour seat
2: this has generally been um, a Tory seat I believe it pretty was, much forever. Yeah. Like, it, it was won with a huge swing by the Liberal Democrats from the Tories. Um, just like, has anyone
3: got the result to have? Uh, I do. So uh, the Lib Dems, they gained 30.4%, and the wow. Tories lost 19.9%. So that's a swing of about 25%. Wow. And again, the other thing you're hearing
2: about uh, Starmer is, well, oh, you know, the Tories have got everything sewn up. They're just indestructible. He, how could he possibly compete with them? And it's just like the live dems, just like this, like, pathetic joke of a party with a leader
3: who yeah. is like, what is he? Like Ed Davey. What? He's
1: smashing he say-
3: a a fake blue wall with a mallet, is what he's doing. <laughs> well, and
2: you know, um, you know, what? The Tories will like probably win it back at the next general election. Like if probably yeah. like Boris Johnson called an election tomorrow, then it would go back into Tory hands. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, you always yeah, get like- these things. Like remember when Sarah Olney defeated Zach Goldsmith, and everyone yeah. was like, "Yeah, Lib Dems," and, and then like she just was bang out, and Goldsmith was back in at the next general election. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um, the the particular embarrassment is where Labour finished. Yes. I reckon. Let's get to that. That's why I wanted to get to.
0: They were never going to win the seat. There was always going to yeah. be like between the Lib Dems and Tories. But the size of the swing and
3: who else finished ahead of of Labour as well. I was going to say that they didn't finish third. <laughs> That's not what <laughs> happened. Um, the congrats to the Green Party for finishing third. Mm. You know they got three point nine percent which already doesn't bode well. This is funny because I was looking for Annalise Dodd's Twitter feed while we were talking, and like one of her most recent posts is praising the labor candidate and saying she's gonna do the best she can, and it's gonna go so well so who wants to do you do you want me to read out what how many votes she got? Yeah, read them out, okay, so she got six hundred and twenty two votes. <laughs> which is 1.6% or a loss of 11.2%. Wow. So what, Labour got like
2: 13% at the last election? Thereabouts, yeah. They Thereabouts. got 12.9. Yeah, there let's you go. Round, yeah. let, let's be charitable to Jeremy. Round it up. Yeah, to our, our boy, he deserves the
3: 0.1% there, I <laughs> yeah, reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Obviously,
2: Keir, let's keep that in decimals.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but, Yeah. Apparently, this is, and it's really funny given what people like to say about the 2019 general election result. This is the worst in the, uh, performance by Labour in an individual seat since 1935.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean.
0: <laughs> and their worst result in a by election ever.
1: Yeah, yes.
3: I, and, <laughs> and their worst I result in that
2: seat ever, isn't it?
3: Well, I'd assume if it's the other two things, then it is, yeah. (laughs) By some margin, even. Um, That
2: is so fucking funny. I have to say, it's just completely inexplicable that Natasha Pantelic, the Labour candidate for Chesham and Amersham, did not win in the by-election or at least gain a sizeable vote because she tweeted this not long before it happened. Delighted to be endorsed by Tony Blair, as the UK Labour candidate for the Chesham and Amersham by-election, Thank you so much for your support, Tony. Hashtag Vote Labour 17th of June at SE Labour at Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. Tony Blair is here saying she's a fantastic local councillor. He only did about a 20 second video. Not much to say. Standing in front of this weird fucking mural commemorating the Northern Irish Troubles, which looks on the surface. I'm not sure it necessarily is, but it does look like a hardline Ulster Unionist piece of iconography that says Provi's rule (laughs) and yeah he's there offering generic platitudes about what a great community representative she is. So given Blair is the only guy who could really come in and sort things out right now, according to some, it's strange that he didn't bring more voters to the Labour Party. But you also have to ask, uh, what kind of fucked up, evil shit do you have to do to, as a Labour councillor and prospective parliamentary candidate, get on Tony Blair's radar and get his endorsement? And Labour yeah. have got a massively important by-election coming up in Batley and Spen, which uh, there's just some new polling that's come out for that. Actually, let's have a look on
0: literally about fifteen minutes. Ago. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: Batley and Spen voting intention. Oh. conservatives 47% plus 11 labor 41% minus 2 uh, WP oh that's George Galloway Workers party. that's George Workers Galloway, Party. Yeah. George Galloway 6% plus 6. That is Whoa. like quite a lot for a third party. That
0: would be George Galloway's best result in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's been a bit of a massive,
3: massive fucking loser recently. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Lib Dem,
2: 3% minus 2. So like voters, uh, you know, s- still 41% for Labour, but voters abandoning them. Voters going to the Tories. Voters going to george galloway's hard left and voters quitting the lib dems as well i don't know where they're, where
3: they're going but um my guess is to the tories if i'm going to be honest about where lib dems usually end up so yeah
2: it seemed like last time uh, there was an election
3: there was a, an independent group a local one not the it's one of these like independent groups that not the famous independent group of course <laughs> but like it's one of these ones that you get we have one here in nottingham and uh, they haven't won up in ashfield they're basically like viciously populist kind of ukipi types who just uh they basically do like the far right facebook account thing where they're like oh don't you you know um, anti-animal abuse or whatever uh, or going out yeah. and they they basically pull you in like that and then it just flips to man aren't there a lot of people who are unseasonably tanned in the city and it's like mm. no
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: and and you can imagine that a lot of that will be a kind of anti, I guess anti Joe Cox even after she died. Protest vote, like anti I mean, learning the lessons of the fascist murder of Joe Cox vote. Because uh, yeah, I remember there are a
3: lot of very grim far right candidates running in the seat. Who, uh, in
2: in yeah in yeah. uh, twenty sixteen the by election after she was killed. Uh, yeah, like every. Every major party stood down and every fascist party ran in that seat. So it was uh, Labour pretty much ran unopposed except for the far right. Um, But yeah, the MP there was Tracy Braben, who's like, isn't she formerly of Corrie? She's she's an actor. I don't watch TV. I
0: believe so. She's an actress anyway. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. She she she's an actor. Well, I guess a former actor because she's now mayor of. Mm -hmm. Anyone want to
3: pick that up? Uh, (laughs) Mayor of some part of Yorkshire. Apologies to everyone I know in Yorkshire. I guess. Um, Wait, is it West Yorkshire? Because Dan, J- I thought Dan
2: Jarvis was the uh, mayor of West Yorkshire.
3: See, that's why I'm getting confused. Because I don't, I don't want to like go out and say it, even though this gets edited, so it could be edited to make it sound like I sound smart. Yeah, I, there's Obviously, been, there's been quite be a few things that
2: I hope uh, Sarah's going to cut out of me. Um, umming and aching and losing <laughs> my train of thought. Yeah, she, she's the uh, mayor of West Yorkshire. So I don't mm. know what Dan Jarvis is. Do- is he even Metro Mayor? Is that a different
3: thing? Dan Jarvis has been called back by his handlers.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. But she she had to resign because apparently that mayor position has the same powers as a police and crime commissioner, which I still don't know the powers of, to be honest with you. I won't lie. Okay. Like, but apparently you can't be an MP and VAT at the same time. Oh, right, yeah, because Dan
2: Jarvis is mayor of uh, Sheffield City Region.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so
0: weird. He stayed an MP,
2: though. It was literally... Um, he was going to have to, like, resign his seat at one point, and uh, then, like, the entire PLP, like, pissed their pants about the fact that Dan Jarvis wouldn't be allowed to have two jobs, and Corbin caved and let him stay.
3: I mean, I don't even understand why he needs the two jobs. Like, surely one of these jobs is enough fucking hassle for someone. I don't know, maybe being an is easy. <laughs> I mean... I think it can be. Yeah,
2: but, I mean, Tracy Braben has uh won handily uh, in that. Uh, constituency a couple of times and uh, now she uh, is stepping down and the candidate who the Labour Party have put forward, who we've talked about a little bit uh, on our last episode, I think, is Kim Ledbetter, who is a business owner. She is a I think it's like a yoga company or something like aerobics or (laughs) something like that. A small business owner. Uh, And she is also, in case you haven't heard, the sister of Joe Cox.
3: Yeah. Didn't Labour amend its, you know, or sort of just not enforce its rule on needing to be a member for a certain time to be a candidate? Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess I guess Labour from 2015
2: to 19 didn't offer enough for the aerobics company
3: owner. Yeah, a few people know this, but in the 2019 manifesto, they were going to ban that shit.
0: That was actually, <laughs> it was in
3: really small writing, but they were going to ban it. <laughs>
0: aerobics is bourgeois deviationism. You're only allowed to exercise and go jogging, even if you're Jeremy Corbyn, just to wind up at Labour pool. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: she has been running a campaign that has been... I would say, completely worthless. Uh, Actually, no, I say that. Um, She is absolutely terrified of losing votes from Muslims in the community who Keir Starmer has alienated with his appalling, uh, socially reactionary, warmongering hierarchy of racism embracing leadership. So she's had to write a... big thing about uh, the rights of Palestinians that is actually fairly agreeable in her leaflets. (laughs) And uh, I saw it was, uh, no, it wasn't the guy, it wasn't from a Jewish Chronicle, he was uh, Jack something from uh, Jewish News, uh, absolutely pissing his pants about uh, Kim Ledbetter, frightening, radical, uh ideology less aerobics instructor (laughs) kim led better but i mean yeah so so it was surprisingly decent i think it's also well worth watching owen jones's documentary on the batley and Spen by-election that's up on his youtube channel and it speaks as well as just being generally interesting about the sort of voter dynamics up there it speaks to i think Kim Ledbetter. I think I've been pronouncing her name wrong, it is not Better as in Huddy Leadbetter aka Leadbelly, it is Leadbeater. I assume he checked before saying it in his documentary, which I didn't before we did this episode. But I think his documentary really captures some of her limitations as a candidate because there's been this sort of... It's almost a truism in the press that Labour has a strong candidate for the seat and is still floundering. And I don't really think that's the case. I mean, she struggled to answer a basic question about whether British arms sales should be ended to Israel. And she came out with his usual sort of centrist guff. Got, later on we'll talk about Noel Gallagher and uh, him... Embracing a certain uh, centrist idea of the truth always being in the middle. And that's basically what she says. Oh, it's more complicated than that, you know. You can't reduce this to just uh, black or white. And it's like, no, you, you can, I think, definitively say that Britain is not making people safer by selling industrial-strength weaponry to a repressive state. That's actually, I think, quite simple. And under Jeremy Corbyn, Labour's policy on that was clear. So for all that led Beta Styles herself as a political outsider, her response there was just so exemplary of a kind of condescending political class outlook that just doesn't think that ordinary people can wrap their heads around issues where there is often a very clear... ...moral imperative that makes them quite simple for the average person to understand. Maybe fucking a bit less so for someone mired in a load of Westminster bullshit, realpolitik. No relation. The thing is, the stuff on foreign policy seems to speak to something really interesting about her campaign... ...which is that it seems to be laser-focused on local issues that are the domain (laughs) of the council which by the way is a labor council you know fly tipping bin collection etc uh and then on the other side of that you've got foreign policy positions (laughs) that and I, i think mps should be involved in foreign policy but obviously um you know many people including the people on the right who've been uh, criticising the leaflets with their pro-Palestinian rhetoric, would say, oh, but, you know, you can't affect any change there anyway. I disagree with that, but I still think it's funny that there's no kind of, like, wide division between this kind of, like, transactional local politics and uh, this international politics that it seems so kind of distant to... The issues at play in the by election, but are in fact only included because of local issues and because of local dynamics. It's like, it is at the end of the day, like one of the most parochial campaigns of all time.
3: Yeah, it's really weird because yeah. there's like, there's a, there's such a gap there, like such a massive gap. Agape. It just seems, yeah, you know, a gape even, yeah. It just seems incoherent. Like, and that just kind of sums up Keir Starmer's Labour Party, to be honest. It's just incoherent yeah speaking of incoherent i know we're kind of jumping about a bit but let's
2: mention who has been chosen by lord here by that prick uh to replace ben Nunn.
3: oh we found out
2: oh yeah 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 so it's somebody who was already working from him Understand Steph working for him. (laughs) Understand (laughs) Stephanie Driver in the leader's office, Sienna Rogers tweets, has been asked to stay on and step up while plans are made for Keir Starmer's new comms team. So I wasn't sure who Stephanie Driver was. (laughs) But Matt Wayne from Com Radio, another. Podcast on the left that people should check out has said, didn't realize Driver was in Starmer's office to begin with, but she was another person who the Labour leaks report stated knew about the house secret p- campaigning unit. So Ergenhaus was effectively this alternative election strategy run by the right wing of Labour HQ, which was Labour HQ in mm-hmm. 2017. In parallel with the official strategy that was being advocated by the leadership, so they essentially diverted funds and resources uh, <laughs> embezzled funds and resources from the party that were sourced from his member its members and from its uh, trade union affiliates to uh, campaign for MPs who if they retained their seats, would actually make the prospect of a Labour government less likely. So it's just, you know, it's Tom Watson and all his mates and shit. Just the people who had not lifted a finger to do yeah, anything for the Labour system. Party uh, in the, yeah. the, the, the less, well, the two years or so prior to that election. Um, so only a select few knew about this top secret project. It was uh, something that was really kept under wraps. And, um,
0: and she was one of them.
2: Yeah, and, and, and apparently one of them now has been put in charge of communicating Labour strategy to the country.
0: Well, there we go. Um another meritocratic hiring process.
3: I was just clicking on the Matt's uh, Twitter page and just below he's retweeted about Ben Nunn residing. Surprised he managed to let anyone know. <laughs> 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 was sick owned by a uh, at Corbin 8, the number 8, my hamster. Uh, sick Oh, well done. Um, this is one of those things where I, where people get, well, people got kind of mad at, well, soft leftists got kind of mad at me because I ma- I, I said like, Well, that
1: doesn't count.
3: Yeah, yeah, I said, like, it's plainly obvious this guy's, like, a hard-right culture warrior, at least in the context of the Labour Party. And, like, they're like, no, you fundamentally... By the way, they quote-tweeted me from behind the block to be like, no, you fundamentally misread him, you're an asshole, you know, you're just the known prick. Which is true, I am all of those things. (laughs) But, like, um, I was not wrong. And, like, hiring someone who's implicated in, like, one, what should be one of the biggest scandals that has mm. ever happened in UK politics. Like, in Western Europe, imagine, yeah. like, in any other country in Western Europe, if they heard, like, the main opposition party's bureaucracy attempt deliberately for an election and deliberately pursue the strategy to prevent itself from becoming government. That would be a huge scandal. Like, yeah. arrests yeah. would be made in most countries. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I basically do
2: consider it a case of embezzlement. Like, I gave my membership subs to these people to fucking give to uh, the same people who were going to come out a few months later and viciously condemn Corbyn and say that he was unfit for office, <laughs> you know? um, Just here here's a little quote from Stephanie Driver, the new head of comms uh about the uh plan to steal our money and give it to cunts brill (laughs) i endorse this plan and will keep said plan v much to myself the plan that she had just been told was a secret from the leadership so there you have it somebody basically working surreptitiously to damage the party's electoral prospects and uh, admitting as much enthusiastically.
3: Yeah, this has just reminded me of a conversation I So like I have a friend who's in the Netherlands who's also like political and is active in his party. I won't name the party because he's like a candidate for them. And being associated with the hated hard left will get him in trouble with his party because <laughs> it's a melt party. But nonetheless, he's a very he he and I took because he did his like PhD in political science. He did it on like British politics, and there's a whole section on the Labour Party. Because like it's about Well, actually, no, I can't say what it's about. That will reveal who he is. But it's basically about big loser parties. And so, like, the Labour Party is the biggest bunch (laughs) of fucking losers in history. So there's a whole... There's also a section on the Liberal Party, to be fair. So, you know, um, (laughs) make of that what you will. Um, But we were talking about... Because he kind of... I don't like to go on the timeline incredibly pissed off because I will get banned, basically. And so, like, if something like, you know, when the Labour leaks report comes out, I, like, DM him and I'm like, Basically, to blow off steam, and he was telling me like, if I was Keir Starmer, I would use this as a chance to fucking get rid of all of these cunts, basically. Yeah. And instead, what he's done is he promoted all of these fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. What does he think they're gonna do to him when it looks like he can't win? Which yeah, he well, can't, he obviously
2: and... doesn't consider himself to the left of Gordon Brown. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like... Safe then. <laughs> I think Brown was a fucking trot.
3: That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm kind of used now to seeing the worst fucking people who uh, destroyed all our dreams, pissed on our bonfire solidly for f- five years, given jobs for their effort. You know, it, it it's becoming uh, pretty much expected, almost to the point. But I just hope he keeps doing it. Sooner or later, people are gonna realize, like that. Uh, you know the most overt shithead here points like great that can help us emphasize that you know as as matt's our cousin has said again to quote matt like if he's literally got fucking peter mandelson and tony blair there on either side of him you know perched on each shoulder then you can't obfuscate that this is a blairite
3: project yeah and then it'll be good if it fails like, yeah, just yeah, yeah, put it out there. It will be good if it fails. Be you know? Fucking great if it fails. But I guess
2: there's the question of what comes after, because, yeah, I'm not going to be jumping behind Angela Rayner, especially after how she carried on today. I'm not going to be jumping behind Andy Burnham either, because, you know, it would just be Starmer Mark II. These people, like, they don't have. You can't just pick somebody who- who's been immersed in the right of the Labour Party. For for years and just expect them to, to like do socialism
3: also, also like Andy Burnham has probably found a spot where he's comfortable, not like in a lazy way I would never I would <laughs> never imply that, but like he's found a spot for himself where he can get public prominence can impact you know some of the political debate you know like when he pisses off the Tories or whatever like fine just be mayor of Manchester I'm sure he's fine I'm you know judging from. The way that Manchester didn't swing super hard against Labour like the rest of the country, and well, apart from some select left-wing councils, I guess he's doing fine. I don't know. Like, fuck it, be mayor of Manchester for all I care. Don't become leader of the Labour Party. I know it's not. I've left the party, so like, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn there. But like, don't don't pick Andy Burnham. It will end in tears. Mm. In
2: terms of uh, the, the Starmer's shake-up of his top team. I've seen also uh, that Jenny Chapman is apparently out. No. Nah,
3: just kidding. She's considered indispensable. Obviously. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that's that's gonna really like reduce the amount of libel we can
1: do. <laughs> like uh, uh, that would
3: be his whole life falling down around him.
1: Oh yeah? Could you
0: imagine? No,
3: J- Jenny is uh, is deep in the team. Good, good. That's why. That's one thing I approve of. Well, I obviously spoke too soon here. I mean, Keir Starmer
2: does apparently consider Jenny Chapman indispensable, but only to his wider top team, in the Guardian's words. He has given her a new position, moved her from the leader's office to... A shadow cabinet role taking responsibility for Brexit. Chapman, who Starmer obviously put into the House of Lords, so she is able to join the shadow cabinet, has been very unpopular with MPs, especially ever since the Hartley Pool by-election result which a lot of mps blame her for because she was a strong advocate of paul williams the hard remainer candidate who lost the seat so spectacularly for labor one senior official who knows if it's the person who's been saying oh the muslims are anti-semitic or jeremy corbin photobombed angela rayner or oh, what ridiculous crap but they say, I have never encountered someone so difficult to deal with, and I went for Corbin years. Relations seriously deteriorated over the Liverpool mayoral selection, which remember they stitched up so as to replace Joe Anderson with a woman called Joe Anderson, who was considered. To be closer to the leadership's politics from the left wing Anna Robbery. Even just putting Jenny Chapman in a Brexit brief is a spectacularly bad call. <laughs> this strong advocate of Paul Williams, arch remainer, to run in a heavily Brexit voting seat. But then, you know what is also a terrible fucking position. To put somebody who was a strong advocate of the so called people's vote in. The leader of the party. You know, obviously, we've got to look at what's important here. And the important thing is that Sir Keir Starmer has a good excuse to have a lot of lengthy private meetings with his uh, Brexit spokesperson. But uh, yeah, you could call this Shipper's Revenge, or possibly even that of Mrs. Starmer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i love it paul ovenden just gone for unrelated reasons to uh everything falling apart like just just happened to resign unrelatedly 10 minutes after ben nunn did <laughs> his colleague ben nunn with whom he
3: works like side by side in an office presumably well it... R- rats jump from ship unrelated to sinking <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, speaking of stonger together, I
2: am very relieved to see that Howard Beckett has dropped out of the Unite General Secretary race. It's not that I have any animosity towards Howard Beckett. In many ways, I lean closer to the spirit of his campaign than to that of Steve Turner. But it had got to the point where I was very ready to vote for Steve Turner as the seemingly only viable option to stop the dastardly gerard coin who truly would spell the death knell of uh trade unions as a radical force in this country uh well no sorry there's some good trade unions in this country but big trade unions mm. <laughs> as a radical force in this country because we've lost unison and um <laughs> In fact, Emily Oldno, speaking of the Labour reports, uh, I believe she's the political director of Unison. <laughs> so, Although, actually, right. the, the, the left just swept the board at the Unison executive. So there's, there's signs of the tide turning over there. But to lose Unite would be uh, the most utter disaster for the Labour left, especially at a time when it looks like the right's leadership of uh, the Labour movement in Parliament is uh, becoming ever more shaky. The last thing that we want is to lose our most powerful institutional ally.
3: Yeah, I was going to say it's not. I'm not. I'm not a unite member. Um, so I have no like really strong feeling on on Howard Beckett or any of it. I'm. am just. I think it was probably the right thing to do to step aside, especially because there's been a lot of cringe yeah. posting. <laughs> Well,
2: that's what I like about him,
3: you know. That's what yeah, draws me I, yeah, in. I can relate. I, I follow Howard. <laughs> he follows me, you know. It's, um, oh, does he? he's took never a... followed me back. Bastard. Yeah. This is um, why I support Steve Turner. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you if if you want me to support you, you have to follow me back. Um, that's, as that's if Steve Turner follows me. <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing that was interesting about Howard Beckett's campaign, I mean he made it way too much about like the Labour Party for one. Like he was he was talking way too much about Keith being shit. We all know. We all know, people in Unite know, it's fine. Um was like the unite tv thing where i was like yeah kind of it seems like you're heading in the right direction i just don't think you should run a tv station sounds like i mean given given the other tv station that's recently launched and how much of a debacle that's been yeah it
2: would um... probably look lower rent than gb news but i mean i'm not opposed to left media and i'm not opposed to trade unions pumping money into it i think that's something i should have been doing for a long time um
3: Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Like, Tribune.
2: Yeah.
3: I think yeah, I think Tribune's like a good example of that working quite well. Although Tribune's audience is maybe a bit more niche than it's not big, the kind of thing right. that well, you know, I mean, than quite like big a TV for Tribune, station. But yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean like compared to a TV station. So like he was obviously shooting for the moon with that one. Um Yeah. But obviously the intent was like something with broad mass appeal in a way that as good as Tribune is and as well, and as widely read as it is, it's like on a on a different scale. I think was what they were aiming for. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think so.
2: Anything else we wanted to get to about it, uh, under the sort of general theme of stronger together? I mean, I, actually, <laughs> unless anyone has something to add on the unite
0: issue. Not really. I mean, hopefully, hopefully by the time this episode's actually out, we'll be down from two left candidates to one because you can't let the weird Data Thief guy win.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, this is one thing, I'm a big supporter of Len McCluskey. I I am a member of Unite, and uh, Mm -hmm. had I been checking the right email address, I absolutely would have voted for him at the last Unite election, but I thought that for some reason they hadn't sent me my ballot, and then I realised months later that (laughs) in fact they had to an email I no longer used. (laughs) So... um. I, I you know, love Len, think he's, he, he's great uh, with his bark, but I could have done with a bit more bite when it came out to, when it came to the issue of, uh, the vital issue of kicking Gerard Coin the fuck out of the union, which he tried, yes. he did a good job, uh, at, well, no, he didn't do a good job, he, he, he put some work into it, but I guess, like, I don't know, uh, maybe... coin had, like, good, like, trade union law on his side or something.
0: Did they not kick him out and then let him back
3: in? Yeah, that's what I thought happened.
2: Well, he was suspended, Um, but I don't know if he was, like, expelled mm,
0: from the union or anything. mm, Right. They should have kicked him out. You know, his his supporters all claim McGlusky's corrupt anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They didn't stop when they let him back in.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, like the, it's like the Corbyn conundrum, where it's like, if everyone's going to say you're a communist anyway, well, I mean, may as well get some of the benefits of it,
1: right? Mm.
2: <laughs> well, The Guardian published an article. I think initially they described Coyne in the headline as centre-left candidate for Unite Union leadership for, through to final ballot. And then I guess people were like, he's right-wing. He's not centre left. And they literally, this is like the pettiest fucking thing I've ever seen a newspaper do. Like they doubled down and changed centre left to mainstream, which is even Uh... more just like the left literally don't, (laughs) are not valid. Which, which, you know, runs very contrary to the Labour Party's current strategy of using a slogan used by. Hillary Clinton, the Scottish uh, Unionist campaign and the Remain campaign, which is, uh, we are valid, we are a legitimate member of the establishment, please accept us for who we are. (laughs) We are valid members of the establishment.
1: The party
2: is begging for acceptance from the establishment that they so wish to be and in many cases are part of their friends in the media are just kind of like viciously putting their foot down and saying, we will tell you who is and isn't accepted. <laughs> we will tell you who is and isn't valid. It's Gerard Coyne, by the way. Vote for Gerard Coyne. <laughs> but I, I yeah, I, I think it's been like pretty depressing to see the left sort of tearing each other apart over the uh, Unite general secretary election as, as I, I i genuinely have felt pretty centrist because I, I i think that a lot of turner supporters have been quite condescending to the beckett lot and a lot of the beckett lot have now just seemingly gone completely scorched earth and uh, seem to believe that if their man doesn't win uh and you know simply the guy who he's dropped out and endorsed does then uh that would be as bad as coin winning
3: so yeah people have lost some sense of perspective there i think so i i, <laughs> like... I yeah
2: i think that people could have tried uh to like maintain a bit more of like <laughs> uh comradely comradeliness. <laughs> keep it comradely i was gonna say comradeship but like honestly what i'm saying here is just like keep it comradely, guys, because like, defeating that fucking prick coin is like the number one priority. Nothing matters as much. Like, I don't really rate Steve Turner that much from, like, his, the polit- the political statements he's made in public or the way he's run his campaign. I've heard that he's a very strong union organizer from some people. But, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely gonna vote for him because, like, yeah, Unite the leadership of Unite is such an important thing. It's, it's
3: yeah. It, there's the there's the whole thing about like him his like weird comments where I'm like oh Jesus Christ you're gonna need to you might need to come out and explain that one to everyone like mm. because that is definitely going to be uh, a sticking point for people. Yeah, even definitely. if they're like coin is such an abject piece of shit that you should literally move heaven and earth to stop him yeah. in this case, but. um... <laughs> yeah it would it would probably ease a lot of people's worry a little bit with him if he was just like yeah i was just being incredibly clumsy and a dipshit when i said i think it was like something about the manchester bombings like where, where he just comes out with some really weird stuff he's like i didn't understand what that meant i should have phrased it differently would probably be enough to sort of smooth it over that people at least in the in the face of Gerard Coin would be able to sort of yeah. deal with it. Well that's what like I was he...
2: saying about uh, certain supporters of uh, uh not of Coin of, of Turner kind of sneering at Beckett's supporters because that was a really legitimate thing that people were unhappy about, you know, that the the comments made of like why weren't the left there protesting in the wake of the manchester attacks and it's like well we were the left had a strong political response to the manchester terrorist attack we just didn't get on the streets and join the democratic football lads alliance to protest islamism which was uh, it sounded like what what he wanted to say so yeah absolutely there are like political problems with with steve turner and, and and i think that a lot of ill will could have been avoided on the left if instead of you know when howard Beckett tweeted that fucking stupid thing about how pretty Patel should be deported, which, by the way, he, like, instantly apologised
3: for, and re- not instantly, like, with- within a few minutes. Yeah, he had the apology up in, like, 12 minutes, which is, yeah. you know...
2: And, and it was just—it was so unseemly to see like Owen Jones use that as an opportunity to say, uh, "And this is why everyone should vote for Steve Turner, who uh, a, a, a deeply committed organ." You know, just Owen. Owen did the usual spiel that he does about people he likes, about like deeply grounded in anti-racist struggles or whatever. And it's just kind of like. Whatever you think of Howard Beckett like those comments by Steve Turner are just there so he needs to like prove to people that he is serious about this stuff instead of just people like kind of explain away and wag the finger at anyone who doesn't want to get behind that but I think it's just absolutely ludicrous the way that like squawk box and stuff are carrying on. Uh, oh, yeah. just just like salting the earth and just like post, yeah. keeping on posting like oh Steve Turner's a poser cunt it's like did you never anticipate that it might get to a point where Howard Beckett decides uh, yeah I'd probably on balance prefer if Coin didn't become leader and drops out Yeah,
3: I was going to say there was one other thing I saw about this that kind of like wound me up so they did this really dumb graphic it was a dumb looking graphic it was very like graphic design is my passion type graphic, where they had, like, uh, had each candidate spoken out about this topic. And some, I forget who it was, quote tweeted, it with like, these aren't workplace organizing issues. And I was like... oh yeah, And, and they had, like, you know, Islamophobia, uh, LGBTQ plus rights, and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, those are workplace issues, man. Like, you can be, you know, those are actually workplace issues. It's good to have a position on them. It's not, like, a weird thing outside the scope of the trade union. Yeah, to, like, be on top of those things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember that whole debate. I don't think I I like actually saw the the tweet that the person had uh, had done uh, disagreeing with Howard Beckett. But yeah, I agree that like I think Beckett is like clumsy, but he's his heart is basically in the right place. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Steve Turner's is as well. Like that's why all all this ill will on the left is. Uh been you know, saying this by like uh, saying that like both Owen Jones and Squawkbox have completely handled this wrong. I've probably like alienated like the entire left in the, the
3: course of this.
2: Yeah. But you um, know, yeah. we appeal to the middle here on this show.
3: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> mm. this, this is this is a leftist unity show where we unite everyone <laughs> against the show. Extremely um, smug yes. toss
2: of voice. As ever, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I actually heard, heard uh, <laughs> should be uh, doing a mank voice for that because I, I actually heard Noel Gallagher say that on <laughs> a podcast
3: the other day. I <laughs> oh, um, can't imagine listening to that, goddamn.
2: It's like, oh man, Noel Gallagher uh, is an amazing podcaster. Like, the, Matt Morgan, the comedian, like has Noel on his podcast like every other episode. And yeah. Like Noel could be the first great right-wing podcaster, I think, if he started his own show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what he said. I I know that like Joe Rogan, arguably quite good at podcasting, <laughs> given his success. But, really um, weird
3: guy though. Like very weird guy. Very some weird. Some of guy. the clips I see of his show, I'm just like, what the fuck is he talking about? This is like so weird. I mean, it must just be an American thing. I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I'm just going to chalk it up to that.
2: I was thinking, I know Garaint wanted to like give us a little bit of update on some beef, and I know it's getting yeah. pretty late, but it, I was thinking that maybe I could bring Farage's fuck face in for a little bit, and you could tell us fine. what you've been up to.
0: Okay, yeah,
3: yeah, a, a personal announcement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about beef. I'm here for this. This is like, this is, I'm excited oh yeah we've only been going for an hour 24 come on guys yeah yeah i can i can definitely keep going it's fine um i have i have the uh, the much needed permission from my partner to carry on so it's all good (laughs) it'll be less of a problem once we've once we've done the move because i will have a streaming slash recording dojo in the new place so
2: a dojo wow
3: yeah. future over here y- yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> they've got their own dojo i think <laughs> oh yeah, yeah they have a studio uh, they're making mega bucks, so they can afford the studio you know I was making a joke about uh, them, like, converting it into, like, a martial arts studio. <laughs> oh, <right.
1: laughs>
3: I was just being
2: dumb. Um, but, yeah, yeah. But, we, you know, we all live, like, miles away. So even if we could afford a studio, there'd be, there'd be no point. Just be me lo- lonely in the studio.
3: Actually, in the middle. You have to put it geographically in the middle.
2: <laughs> I'd, really, I'd really like a studio. I could just hang out on my own, make music and smoke weed, actually. That would be cool. <laughs> um, soon. Uh, One day soon. Alright, no. FFF will be five minutes because he's got a mouth full of uh, uh, tuna. Mouthful full
3: of... Oh.
2: Yeah, no, that was sorry. not what I expected you to say. Yeah, it's not just the that. Noel Gallagher podcast. Where <laughs> It's just constantly like Noel and Matt Morgan just like, oh, "Are you gay. And so
3: it's like literally...
2: Not, they don't literally say... They just do so many like implying that the other is gay. <laughs> it's really laddish. It's like incredibly so. Um... And yeah, obviously, like, there's this hilarious thing, like, in, like, every episode, like, Matt Morgan will mention something political. Uh, He'll like bring up some political issue and then Noel will just like start spouting these like belligerent right wing views and Matt Morgan will then just like audibly panic and try and move the conversation on like, oh, who wants to talk about politics anyway? And it's like, mate, you literally brought it up two minutes ago (laughs) and then Noel will start banging on like, why are you fucking afraid of getting cancelled, mate? Who gives a fuck? Who's going to cancel you? <laughs> Matt's like, my <laughs> listeners.
3: <laughs> Noel's like, fuck your listeners. <laughs> That's such a great attitude to have as a podcaster. Fuck your listeners. Yeah, it's got us so
2: far. Um, yeah, I might as well just mention uh, the thing that I posted in quite a popular tweet. I just posted a transcript of some Noel Gallagher and Matt Morgan. <laughs> so just like, um, Matt Morgan read this listeners question which was on a scale of one to Ted Bundy how psychopathic did Tony Blair seem in person and Noel just kind of says fucking I don't know is that one of your leftist fucking Marxist mates (laughs) and I listened to another episode and Matt Morgan asked him are you a Tory and Noel said pretty much the same thing he was like your fucking middle class Marxist mate Matt, yeah, he basically, I think he's like like basically anyone who's got like less money than me and reads The Guardian is is (laughs) that makes them more middle class than me um, because it makes them a Marxist (laughs) to read The Guardian. Um, Then Matt says, No, these are all fans' questions. Noel errs a bit. And then Matt Morgan starts like kind of saying, Oh, I don't care if you're left or right. Tony Blair's got a very odd manner about him these days staring eyes he looks like he knows too much but he can't get off the ride i think it's quite a good description actually
3: (laughs) actually that's kind of bang on yeah like
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's got a psychopathic look about him and not this is like the meekest i've ever heard noel gallagher sound he just kind of like mutters like when the thing i always mention is like when um like nick ferrari read Keir starmer reader's question which was like why have you not got a flag behind you and Keir was just like, "Um, actually, I have got a flag behind me," and and Noel basically just says, "I still like him." <laughs> I'm Tony Blair. Was, that,
3: that that Keir Starmer bit with the flags was just like the um the uh, like I'm not mad though. Put in the newspaper, I got mad, but about flags, drill tweet. <laughs> like, I've got flags. Don't put it in the newspapers that I don't have flags. <laughs>
2: this, is, this is embarrassing from Matt Morgan, though. He then, like, kind of mumbles, like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's uh, quite good on Brexit stuff. And Noel, like, tries to get a word in, uh, I think. And Matt Morgan is trying to, like, agree with Noel. And he's like, he's the only person who's still got leadership. <laughs> and then Noel comes in and just concludes this discussion by saying, I think the country would be a fucking far better place if he was prime minister. I mean,.
3: What he to fucking this was. Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. If
2: Tony Blair had ever become prime minister, imagine how cool that would be. Noel was just like off his head on gear in '97. He didn't realise there'd been an election. Yeah,
3: he just completely forgot.
2: <laughs> Even when he got invited to Downing Street, he just thought like any politician could just throw a fucking party
3: there. Oh, that'd fucking rule, though. That'd be
2: a reason to become an MP. <laughs> um, I don't know like what the context for this though was, but Liam actually hit back at Noel recently. And he said, uh, I I guess this was uh, after Noel uh, called Prince Harry a fucking woke snowflake. Uh, Said he he was, uh, he understands what it's like, uh, like he relates to Prince William because he understands what it's like to have a younger brother who's always shooting his fucking mouth off. (laughs) And (laughs) and Liam then, then said of Noel, he looks and acts like Tony Blair he's a square of the highest order. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah, pretty awesome, I think. Uh, uh. Like, I feel like Noel always, like, he really goes off. He'll just, like, unleash some torrent of just, like, fuck this, fuck that. And it's generally, like, really ignorant and stupid, but really funny. But Liam will just, like, he'll just be almost monosyllabic. He'll just like it, just be like potato. Like that was one of the, the most musicians when they get insulted by Noel, they're like, "He sh- he should uh spend some more time uh reading books or something." And they just come across like fucking wankers. But Liam is the one who knows how to own his brother by just calling him a potato or Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> He he gets down to the the appropriate level. Yeah. Try FFF again. Sure, will be gutted. He's missed the Noel Gallagher chat. Oh
3: man, can't can't wait to add this accelerant into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the he- a heavy dose of of toxic vape juice. Yeah, like oh God, he was on my stream well he's been on my stream a lot and he and it, my mum was fucking watching and i didn't realize my mum was watching and he was talking about fucking milf porn <laughs> oh my <laughs> god yeah he is a bit
2: of a he is a bit of a pervert this for fuckface fuck face guy i've i've talked about my suspicions about him before on the show haven't haven't i, I, mean, I've, I've said, I think a guy. oh hi for i fuck face how are you doing <laughs>
1: or yeah.